that time. First Chronicles chapter 29, verse number 10. Says, Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of you, and you reign over all. And in your hand is power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. Let us pray, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, for this message. We thank you, Lord, for this word. I ask you now, O oh God, that you will speak mightily and powerfully. Lord, let this word not come forth with much uh, human wisdom, but Lord, I pray right now that this word will come forth in demonstration of your spirit and power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanksgiving. What a season. time in which we can all gather together and do what at least your pastor does quite well, and that is eat. For those of you who don't know, your pastor definitely enjoys his Thanksgiving meals. Quite often, I will purposefully skip breakfast on Thanksgiving Day. I'll skip lunch on Thanksgiving Day just so that when I come at Thanksgiving meal, I will have nothing hindering my abilities to consume as much as I possibly can consume on that Thanksgiving meal. And I want you to know God is definitely a God who blesses because as you can probably see on your pastor, I don't miss a whole lot of Thanksgiving meals. It's a wonderful time. It's a great time to get together with family, with friends. It's a great time to, uh, for some, travel, revisit those who are around you, uh, it's a great time and season uh, just to uh, come back again with those maybe who you haven't seen in a long time and to celebrate with them the season. But you know, when I think about the season of Thanksgiving, I think to myself, there's so much more. While I'm thankful for the food, I'm thankful for the blessing. I'm thankful for my family and those who I can be around. I'm thankful for the time off work. I'm thankful for all the blessing that gets laid before me. More than that, I am thankful that God is my God. I am thankful that God is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so I would be amiss in my life if I didn't, while I'm thinking 
For all while I'm thankful for all the food and all the other material blessings, I would be amiss in my life if I did not thank the very one who gave everything for me to receive those blessings. If I did not thank God first and foremost in my life. I thank God. I thank God. In fact, if I can give you right now a few things that I am thankful to God for. In fact, number one, the very first thing I am thankful to God for is I am thankful to God for his word. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, it says that we are to grow and to consume the sincere milk of the word. You see, in other words, the word of God is that which grows you and sustains you and nurtures you. I'm thankful that God gave me his word through which when I read his word, I can grow and I can become strong in the Lord and in all that he is doing in this season. Is somebody hearing me this morning? I am thankful to his word because in James chapter 1, verse 21, it says that his word is able to save. Hallelujah. If it wasn't for his word of God, I would still be lost. If it wasn't for the word of God, I would still not know the answer. And the answer was Jesus and his salvation. If it was not for the scriptures, I would not know that God is able to save me. Is somebody hearing me this morning? I am thankful for his word. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, it says that his word works in us. I'm thankful that his word is not just uh, some other words like any other book may be, but his word is life, and the life is the light of men. Is somebody understanding me? In fact, in Hebrews chapter 4, it says that his word is alive and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. His word is not just able to save. His word is not just able to do and work within us, but his word is powerful, and it cuts even us to the very soul and marvel. His Bible says that by his word and with his word we can do mighty works. In Psalms 119 verse 11 it says that by his word you can do mighty things. I came by to let you know I'm thankful that God gave us his word all wrapped up in a pretty little package we can today call the Bible and that with his word we can't cast out demons. With his word we can't heal the sick. With his word we can't do mighty things. Is somebody excited and thankful to God for his word and that he gave it to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not only thank God for his word, but every day I need to thank God for Jesus. Come on, somebody. I thank God for Jesus. 2 Corinthians 7, 9, verse 15 says that Jesus is the unspeakable gift that God gave to us. In 1 John 5, verse 12, it says that Jesus is the giver of life. Hallelujah. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, it says that Jesus gave himself for the church. In Titus chapter 2, verse 14, it says that Jesus gave himself for the lost. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says that Jesus gave himself so that we can be redeemed. Hallelujah. I thank God that Jesus came and that Jesus gave himself so that we might have salvation. John chapter 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave. I want you to hear me today. I said, God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. He gave. I thank God that he gave me his son. I thank God that I did not deserve the gift of his son. But God nonetheless gave his son so that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. I thank God today for Jesus. Is there somebody in the house today? And is ready to thank him for Jesus. I thank God for Jesus. See, that's what this season is all about, to thank God. I thank God for his word, and I thank God for his son, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank God, number four, that I am his child.
fire. Hallelujah. John chapter 1 verse 12 says that I am a son of God. Hallelujah. And Isaiah chapter 43 verse 1 through 2, it says that he calls me by name. <laughs> oh, come on, somebody. I said he calls me by name. I, oh, isn't it just a wonderful thing to know that the God of all creation, that the God of all gods, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the Lion of Judah, the Ancient of Days, the one who is, who was, and is to come, that he knows my name. I thank God I am his child. I thank God he adopted me as his own. I don't deserve to be in his family, but yet he called me his own. He called me his son. He calls you his daughter. And he says unto you, I know the very number of hairs on your head. I know everything about you. I formed you in my image. Son, daughter, you are mine. I thank God that I am his child. I thank God for my salvation. Hallelujah. I thank God I am saved. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says that that is his gift to me. In 1 John chapter 1 verse 9, it says that he is faithful and just to forgive me all of my sins. Oh, I don't know about you, but when I think about who I used to be, but now who I am, when I think about all that I can do to mess up and fail, when I think about all the ways and at times that I screw up and I mess up, I know that God in his mercy and love for me, he saved me. And he said, I will remember your sins no more. In fact, the psalmist says that he literally takes my sins and he throws it as far as the east is from the west. Hallelujah. I thank God today for my salvation. I thank God that he cleansed me and sanctified me. In fact, in 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 13, it says that I am chosen by God. He chose me unto sanctification. He chose me unto righteousness. He chose me. Oh, I don't know about you, but when I think about everyone else in this world, maybe they are better than me in ways that I am not. I think about all, the, all those other people out there who may be smarter than me in ways that I am not. Come on, there's somebody hearing me this morning. When I think about all the countless millions and billions who are out there, and yet his word promised me that God chose me. He chose you. He looked and said, I desire you to be righteous, you to be cleansed, you to be sanctified. He chose you. He, despite all of your flaws, faults, and failures, despite all of your depressions and dramas, despite everything that's wrong and going on in your life, he chose you. And he says, I will cleanse you and purify you, and I will make you holy, even as I am holy. Hallelujah. Oh, I don't know about you, but I thank God he sanctified me. I thank God he sanctified me. First Corinthians 1 verse 30 says, he made me holy and clean. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank God for his love. Oh, come on, somebody. In 1 John chapter 4, in 1 John chapter 4 verse 7, it begins to say, beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. I came by to let you know God is love. I thank God that he loved me when I was unlovable. I thank God that he loved me when I, when I was undesirable. I thank God that he loved me despite all of my past, despite all of my sins and my struggles. I thank God even at those times and moments when I rejected 
rejected him. I turned my back on him. Yet he still loves me. He still loves me. And I know that I can now love others. Not because that I am so great and wonderful. But I can love others simply because of Jesus Christ and his love for me. Because God is love. That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, he says in 5, 5, he says that the love of God is shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Spirit. In other words, without God, we cannot love one another. But with God and with his love, we can love one another. When you sit down at your Thanksgiving table this weekend, I want you to remember, I can love my spouse. I can love my children. I can love my neighbor. I can love my family. Family, all because God first loved me. Amen. And to thank God for his love. Thank God for his love. Hallelujah. I not only thank God for his love, but I thank God for his keeping. In Jude chapter 1 verse 24 through 25, it says, Now unto him who is able, unto him who is able to keep me from falling, and to present me faultless before his throne. I want you to hear that again. He says, now unto him who is able. In fact, that Greek word there for able means for him who is strong, him who is mighty, him who has the capability. I want you to understand what that means. It means that not only is God able, but he is strong enough to keep you from ever falling. He is mighty in his ability to keep you from falling. He is not weaker than the devil that wants to see you fail. He is stronger than the devil. So when the devil puts a trap in front of you, God says, I am able to keep you. I am able to sustain you. I will lift you up when there's no more ground under your feet. I will hold you when there's nothing else to sustain you. I will lift you up. Now under him who is able, who is able, who is more than able, because that's what he is. He is the God who is more than able to do exceedingly, abundantly, even above everything you could ever ask or ever imagine. That's the kind of God who keeps you and sustains you. Hallelujah. Oh, you see, saints, we sang that song even this morning. I almost let go. Oh, how many times do I need to sing that song to myself? I almost let go. I almost let go. I almost let go. <sighs> Come on. I love that song where it says, when Satan tried to knock me down, God was right there. When Satan tried to beat me up, God was right there. When Satan threw all those fiery darts at me, he possibly could. God was right there. His shield protected me. His hand held me. His, 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 his blessings lifted me and sustained me. Hallelujah. He is your keeper. I thank God. See, hear me, saints, this morning. Mankind falls under the same mentality as that of Cain. Am I my brother's keeper? Am I my brother's keeper? But I praise God that my God <clears throat> is not a man. I thank God that when mankind says, am I my brother's keeper? Am I my sister's keeper? Do I really need to help him out? Do I really need to help her out? Do I really need to give a helpful hand? God does not say that God always says, come to me. And I will be there for you. I thank God he's my keeper. I thank God he's my keeper. 
I also thank God for his Holy Spirit. Galatians 4, verse 6 says that God sent his spirit into our hearts, whereby we might cry out, Abba, Father. Did you hear me? He sent his spirit into our hearts. Hallelujah. I came by to let you know that, that, that the Holy Spirit came only because Jesus Christ sent the spirit, and the Father sent the spirit because Jesus Christ died on the cross. Is somebody understanding this this morning? I have the Holy Spirit in my life all because Jesus sent him. The Father sent him, and he gave him to me. Hallelujah. And I thank God for the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Bible says in the book of Galatians that when I walk in the Spirit, I will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me, then the desires of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, no longer have power over me. I now walk in victory all because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. I now have the authority all because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. Is somebody hearing me this morning? I thank God for His Holy Spirit. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. I thank God for the Spirit of Heaven, for the Living One. I thank God that I can have Him living inside of me, walking alongside of me. I thank God that while Jesus is not here anymore in the flesh, He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you without a comforter. I will not leave you without a paraclete. I will not leave you without the one who can help you every day of your life. I thank God for his Holy Ghost. I thank God for his healing. Exodus 15, 26 says that he is the Lord, my healer. I am the Lord, your healer. I am the Lord, your healer. And by my stripes, saith the Lord, you are healed. I am the Lord, your healer. I am the balm of Gilead. I am the healer. I am the great physician. I am the one which no virus or disease has authority over. I am the one which no sickness can control. I am the one who is greater than every doctor and greater than every scientist. I am the one who can heal all of thine diseases. I am the, listen, it does not matter how hard or how difficult it may be. It may not, does not matter whether the doctors understand it or they don't understand it. I am the Lord, your God, your healer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank God he's my healer. I thank God even when I have just weakness in my bones, he's my strength. Because in my weakness, the Bible says, there he is strong. In my weakness, he is my strength. In my weakness, he is my might. In my weakness, he is my source and my power. In him and through him, I can do all things. Hallelujah. He's my healer. I thank God. I thank God. Come on, somebody. This Thanksgiving weekend, I challenge you to begin to thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. He's your healer. Hallelujah. I thank God that he is my blessing. And in fact, in Genesis 12, verses 1 through 2, he says, not only am I your blessing, but I make you blessed so that you can be a blessing. See, I thank God that I can be a blessing to somebody else. Come on, church. I'm going to challenge you today. This season, I know it seems tough. We're not supposed to go here and go there. We're not supposed to meet with this person and meet with that person. But I just want to say to you right now, in this season, there is no greater time to demonstrate the love of Christ than to right now, in this season, be a blessing to somebody around. Bless your neighbor. Bless your, 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 your relatives, even the ones who you don't much care for. Amen. 
bless them. And I don't just mean call them on the phone and say, God bless you, and hang up. Bless them. Because you see, God has already blessed you. And this Thanksgiving weekend, you can thank God for his blessing. Can I just say to you right now, even if you're looking at me or watching me on Facebook and you say, well, Pastor, I don't see a whole lot of blessing before me. This holiday is not going to be as good as holidays gone past. I just want to let you know that you can thank God in advance for the blessing. Because when you begin to thank God, even for those blessings that are yet unseen, you begin to operate in faith. And when you begin to operate in faith, you can begin to call forth those things which are not as though they are. You can begin to call forth those blessings that have not yet materialized, and you can call them into being. When you be begin to operate in faith and begin to thank God in advance, then that's when his miracles come forth from the future into your present. That's when God moves the stuff from the outcome tomorrow into you and now is somebody hearing me that's why it says to thank God in advance hallelujah I thank God for his blessing oh I thank God for his joy I was reading this actually just this past uh, two weeks ago actually I was reading about uh, the, the, the doctors and how they were uh, all coming together and talking about some of the impacts and, and the effects of this, uh, uh, all these stay-at-home orders and, and, and you know, these uh, uh, pandemics and, and what's happening. Um, and when I was reading it, you know, sure they talked about the physical uh, uh, concerns and, and, you know, what, what, the, what the, the virus can do and how now we're getting into not just... Uh, uh, pandemic that we know of, COVID, uh, but also moving into the regular flu season. Uh, we're getting into the regular cold season and, and, and how all of this has effects and impacts on our body. Uh, and not just uh, COVID, but also flu and, and, and uh, even pneumonia. <clears throat> and sure enough, they were talking about all that, but one of the things that they talked about was they began to go into the uh, uh, mental impacts and how they are seeing a, a huge increase in mental health with people having depression, people having loneliness, people having uh, anxiety attacks uh, due to less uh, communion with people and less fellowship with people. And, and they were talking all about how in this season, uh, even with this separation, uh, that we need to still reach out to uh, our family and friends we need to still reach out to those around us and, and still keep communication because without that, uh, there's this huge mental health crisis that, that could erupt and, and take a mighty hold in this nation. And as I was reading that, you know, it was written in such a way that it could almost cause anybody reading that to get depressed just by reading it. And when I got done reading that article, and I put my phone back down, I looked up and I said, I just want to thank God for his joy. Because without his joy, I would right now be so depressed. I would right now be so out of it that I would just say, I might as well forget it. I might as well just be done right now. But you know what? By his joy, hallelujah, his unspeakable joy, his joy unfathomable, by his joy, I know that I don't have to claim any of that upon myself. I don't have to claim that over my life because God has given me joy. God has given me unspeakable joy. Hallelujah. And because of that in Psalms 89 he says that we can know joy hallelujah is somebody hearing me we can know joy we don't have to know how bad it is or know how horrible
therefore it is to know that this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I know that God made my today. I know that God made my tonight. And because of it, there is nothing that's going to happen to me that God has not already ordained. There is no step I'm going to take that God has already not understood and already planned for. There is nothing that's going to come my way that God's going to be surprised about. Hallelujah. Because God, as my keeper, has said, I will have you and hold you in the palm of my hand. I have joy unspeakable. Hallelujah. I thank God for joy. I thank God for joy. In fact, 2 Corinthians 6, 12 says that I can live in joy. And John chapter 16, verse 22 says that no man can take away my joy. Come on, I want to say that again. No man can take away your joy. Even when everyone looks at you and says, why are you smiling? Why are you happy in the midst of all this? Why are you, why are you not so uh, overwhelmed and so struggling and so uh, much in fear? It's because, listen, I don't have fear because God has not given me a spirit to fear. I don't walk in fear because God has given me faith and by faith I believe. So I don't have no fear. But you know what God, you know what I do have? I have joy and that unspeakable. I have joy and that unfathomable. I have joy on the inside and joy on the outside. I have joy bubbling up within me. I got joy, joy, joy. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to start thanking God for his joy. Somebody needs to start thanking God for the joy he's given to us. Hallelujah. Uh-oh, now pastor's going to get to preaching. Are you ready? Because I also thank God for the Sabbath. I thank God for the Sabbath. I thank God every Sunday that I can come into this house and that I can see the saints. I thank God Somebody just this week texted me and said, Pastor, are we having in-person service? And you know what? I responded and I said, yes. And after I responded, I, I thought to myself, I said, you know what? How I love the in-person. So I, I know we need to be careful, saints. I know we got to be, I know we got to, you know, you know, make sure we, we have all the ropes and, and, and we do the separation. I know we, we have to have sanitizing. We do, we have sanitizing stations multiple of them throughout the building. <clears throat> we give you free, we give you free masks to help you if you want to come in with a mask. We give you free masks, hand sanitizer. We rope off pews and, and we do all, we, we sanitize every pew every single week and, and we come in and make sure we sanitize all the door handles and, and every single week we do all these things. Why? Because you know what? We could easily shut down and say, well, we, we'll just wait till everything gets better. We can just shut down and we'll just wait until, uh, until possibly it all goes away and hopefully it'll go away soon. But you know what? Saints, I remember reminded of the scripture that says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some, especially as the day draweth nigh. I don't know about you, church, but see, I love Sundays. I love this opportunity to come into this house and to see you and worship the Lord with you. I love this opportunity. I love this. You want to know why? Because see, the Bible says that the Sabbath is a day of rest. Oh, I will never forget, church. Can I just be, can I just be transparent with you here this morning? You see, when, when I first became a senior pastor, and I used to go and preach, and I used to uh, do all the chores and all the this and that, and open the building and pray in the morning and, and try to get the music together and do all the different things that had to be done in order to start service. And by the time service was done, I would preach my heart out. And by the time service was done, I would go home. And I'd be so tired. I used to say to my wife, do we really have to go back to Sunday night church? See, back then we had Sunday night church. And I'll just be like, because I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I just did everything in that morning service. I'm so tired. I, I don't want to go back to Sunday night. I just, I just want to rest. 
But you know, all of a sudden, one day, I'll never forget, I was in a service, Brother Floyd, and the Holy Spirit came so powerfully upon me. And I was preaching up there in, in, in Reed City of uh, Michigan. And I was preaching in a tiny little altar, a tiny little uh, uh, stage. And we had a wooden altar uh, there. And I, I remember so much as I was standing behind that wooden altar. And you see, back in those days, I, I, I wasn't as con I was more concerned about you know, how I looked and everything. So I made sure I, I stood behind the pulpit and I looked all eager. And I made sure that I, you know, looked the pastorally part onto glad that you have a pastor that doesn't care about that anymore. And if you care about that, well, God bless you. But, but listen, <clears throat> but listen, I was, I was standing behind that pulpit, and I was being so dignified and so eager, and I was, I was preaching my heart out in that sermon, and all of a sudden I remember it as if it was yesterday. The Holy Ghost smacked me so hard, and I remember I just fell backwards there, and within a few moments later, I stood back up, and I began to preach one of the most powerful sermons I ever preached in my my life. I began to run up and down the earth. I didn't care if I looked good or if I looked bad. I didn't care what was going on around me. I just began to run and preach and shout unto the Lord. I just began to do everything I needed to to give God the glory and give God the praise. And I remember after doing all of that and running and shouting and jumping, I went back home and my wife looked at me because I began to help her with di uh, dinner. I began to help her with cleaning the dishes. I began to do all these things. And she said, how do you have this kind of energy? I said, I don't know, but I feel so rested because the Holy Ghost just came upon me. I want to tell you things today when you get into the world of God and you get into the house of God and you allow the Spirit of God to come upon you. This day is a day of rest like no other. It's the Lord's Sabbath. Hallelujah. It's the Lord's Sabbath, and I thank God for the Sabbath. I thank God he created a day of rest just for me. In fact, look at this. <laughs> the Bible says in Genesis that on the seventh day he rested. And then it says that he formed me. In his image. If God decided it was a good thing to rest one day, if God the Almighty said it's a good idea to rest one day, come on, am I, am I helping anybody out here this morning? Then I think it's good for you and I too. Especially since we were made just like It's a good thing for you and I to be in the house of God, Amen. to fellowship with the saints, to enjoy the Sabbath. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but maybe there's some of you watching me on Facebook. <laughs> Help me, Holy Ghost. <laughs> there's some of you watching me or listening to me. I just want to let you know there is no greater rest that you can ever get. Laying on your couch ain't going to give you the kind of rest you need. Sitting in front of your TV ain't going to give you the kind of rest you need. Listening to the radio while you're going to bed ain't going to, be, ain't going to give you the kind of rest that you need. What's going to give you the right rest, the good rest, is going to be in his presence. Because in his presence, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, there is rest. In his presence, there is peace. In his presence, there is hope. In his presence, there is all you could ever need or ever hope for. In his presence. Hallelujah. I thank God for the Sabbath. I thank God for the ability to pray. I thank God that I can pray. Come on, somebody. I thank God I can pray. In fact, a lot of times when I do pray, I thank him just that I can do what I'm doing. Because Psalms 5, verse 3, says that he hears my prayer. He hears me when I pray. 
Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, even says that when we pray, we can pray together. And when we pray together, if we agree together on anything as touching us, he will do it. Hallelujah. If somebody hearing me. In Jeremiah 33, 3, I thank God I can pray. Why? Because in Jeremiah, he says that he will answer my prayer. In fact, it says that in Jeremiah 33, it says, call unto me and I will answer thee. Not only does it say he will answer you, but he will actually even respond to you. Hallelujah. I thank God I can pray. I thank God that when I call to him, he not only hears me, but he actually answers me. He not only hears and answers me, but then he responds to me. Hallelujah. And when he responds, he shows me great and mighty things which I knoweth not. Hallelujah. That's why I thank God I can pray. That's why I say it's time for the church to pray. It's time for the church to pray. It's time for the saints of God to get back on their knees and begin to pray. It's time for the saints of God to fall head down first and begin to shout unto the Lord our God, call upon him while he may be found. It's it's time for the church to be a house of prayer. I thank God I can pray. Because you see in John 15, 16, he says that whatsoever we should ask for, in faith believing, he will do. Come on, church. And in James chapter 5, I love this. Here's why I thank God I can pray. Because in James chapter 5, it says that when we begin to pray and the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, it begins to avail, it begins to do something. It begins to accomplish something. It begins to change things. It begins to transform things. It begins to, 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 to totally undo every situation you are in and make it better. Hallelujah. That's why I thank God I can pray, but not only for that. James 5 even goes on. And then James 5, he says, not only is the effectual of a righteous man avails much, but when you begin to pray, here's what he said, when you begin to pray for the one who has fallen, for the one who has erred, that prayer will save his soul. I thank God. Listen to me, mama. Listen to me. Keep on praying for your children that they might get saved. Why? Because prayer will do something. Prayer changes things. Keep on praying because of what the scripture says. And I believe the scriptures. I believe his word. I believe the promises of God are true and are for us, even right here now today. And when the Bible says that when we pray unto him, that even praying for that one will save his soul, I say unto you today then that by all means, let us pray. Let us pray all the more. Let us pray for all time. Let, let, let us not just pray on a Sunday, but let us pray on a Monday. If it's going to mean the difference of seeing your child with you in heaven or not seeing him at all. It's time to pray. It doesn't matter if it's a Tuesday night. It doesn't matter if it's 3 a.m. or if it's 3 p.m. It does not matter what time or what night or what hour. It's time to pray. Church, it's time to pray for the lost. It's time to pray for those who are perishing. It's time to pray for the state and our nation. It's time to pray for our leaders and those in authority. It's time to pray for our lost ones, loved ones, our neighbors, our friends. It's time to pray. I thank God that I can pray. I thank God for his empowerment. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be my witnesses in all Judea, Samaria, and even unto the uttermost ends of you. I thank God that he gave me power. I thank God for his empowerment. I thank God for his spirit. I thank God, number 14, for him waking me up and setting me on my way. <laughs> Psalm 17, verse 15. Can I just take the time to read this right now? 
Psalm 17, verse 15. Saints, this has been a prayer of mine for the past uh, uh, several months. And he says, as for me, I will behold your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with your likeness. Can I read that one more time? The psalmist said, as for me, somebody say, as for me. I will behold your face in righteousness. See, that word behold is a big word, but it just means I will see it. I will see it. I will touch it. I will behold it. I will see your face in righteousness. <laughs> and I shall be satisfied when I awake with your likeness. Every morning when you wake up, there's no better thing to do than to say, God, I thank you for waking me up this morning. And I thank you for sending me on your way. Make me today more like you. That everyone who sees me today won't see me, but will see you in me. When I awake, I want to see his likeness. I thank God. I thank God. Thank God for freedom. Romans 8 verse 2 says that we are no more slaves to the law. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17 that where it says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and freedom. And Galatians chapter 5 verse number 1 says, Do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage, but be in liberty and freedom wherewith Christ hath set you free. I want to say to you today, I thank God for freedom. I thank God that I'm no longer subject to my sins. I'm no longer subject to all that yoke and all that bondage. I thank God that he has taken upon himself my yoke and has given me his yoke. But his yoke is light and easy to bear. I thank God that he has given me freedom. And while there are so many more things to thank God for, the last one I'm going to talk about this morning is this. I thank God for his death and his resurrection. Amen. I thank God for the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. First, his death, because it is by his death that his blood was shed. And that his blood was shed for the remission of my sins. And I thank God that Jesus Christ is no longer dead. I thank God that Jesus is alive. I thank God that Jesus is alive. I thank God that he is even right now on the throne. And even right now, he is seeing me. He's seeing you. He's seeing us in this very place, in this very hour. I thank God that Jesus is no longer wrapped up in some cloth lying there on a broken slab of stone. I thank God that he's no longer behind a solid rock but in, inside the cave. But I praise God that he is alive and that he is there and here with us even right now. I thank God for Jesus. Death and resurrection. And his word tells us this. His word says that we are to remember his death and resurrection. His word says that we are to be reminded and that every time we are reminded, we are to thank God. In fact, can I tell you something that happened? There was one day when Jesus told his disciples, I'm getting ready to close. 
told his disciples, he said, disciples, I want to send a couple of you ahead of me. And I want you to go and you're going to uh, <clears throat> find a landowner, homeowner, and you're going to say to him that my master has need of this room for the Passover meal. Passover is a big holiday, it's a big celebration. So his disciples went, I'm sure it was probably not a very pleasant conversation, just try to find some random guy who owns a house and say to him, hey, uh, I, I need your house for a night. But nonetheless, they did, and sure enough, they found it. They prepared the room. That evening when Jesus <clears throat> got there, he went inside the room, he went inside the house, and the meal was prepared. Now, I'm not sure if the Passover meal is quite as elaborate as maybe your Thanksgiving meal. But nonetheless, it was a big meal. I'm not sure, at least I highly doubt, that at the Passover meal they ate turkey. I think that's kind of more of an American thing. In fact, I'm pretty confident they ate lamb at Passover meal. I'm pretty sure that one of the staples of the Passover meal was foods that were kosher, maybe a little bit healthier, unlike sugar-coated yams and sweet potatoes. I'm sure the meal was a bit more organized, structured. As in fact, during the Passover meal, they follow what is called the Haggadah. It's basically a, a format so that way they can pray over certain things at, at certain times and they eat certain things at certain times and they drink certain things at certain times and they say certain blessings all at certain times and the meal is quite actually highly organized and, 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 and everything is kind of in a certain structure, uh, very unlike, I'm sure, or maybe not yours, at least my Thanksgiving house where you have all the kids and young ones just kind of going in and grabbing everything they can at one second and it's a, a kind of a free-for-all over the table. Um, I, I'm sure, I'm sure <clears throat> at this supper that Jesus was at was a bit different than probably yours and my Thanksgiving meal. But nonetheless, it was still a big meal where lots of people are gathered together in the same place around the same table and they ate together and they fellowshiped together. So while it was different, yet it was similar. And here at this Passover meal, while the scripture doesn't say if Jesus celebrated Passover with his disciples at any other times, uh, it is uh, highly likely that he did, being that he was with them for at least over three years, and the Passover was every year. But yet this Passover meal was different. This Passover dinner was different. And while Jesus sat down at the table, and all of his disciples sat down around the table as well. The Bible says that a certain moment of the Passover, Jesus did some things. And he began his speech to his disciples. And the very first thing it says that Jesus did was he thanked God. Can I say that again? The very first thing Jesus did was he thanked God. Can I just say that again? The very first thing Jesus did was he thanked God. If Jesus felt the importance to thank God, 
how much more when you and I sit down this Thanksgiving should we begin our evening, our time together thanking God. Thank God for who he is. Thank God for everything he's done. But Jesus did something more. With that in mind, I want to ask all of you if you would to stand in this place. Brother Floyd, will you please come and help to open up the altars for me? This is not Thanksgiving meal here today. This is just simply a remembrance. Because you see, that's what the Bible says. Hey, Joey, come on and help him out there. The Bible says that in as often as you think of me, do this in remembrance of me. So if I can, go ahead and open it up. If I can, I'm going to ask you, for those of you who will and those of you who desire, will you come and we're going to take of communion this morning. Will you come and let's take of communion together. And I'm going to finish the message here in just a minute. If you would rather not come forward, will you just, Brother Floyd, help them get their communion Because you see, at that meal, after Jesus thanked God, the Bible says that he lifted up the bread and he looked at his disciples and he said to his disciples, he said, I want to teach you something. Something that you probably never have heard before. Something that is going to be contrary to everything you think you understand. This bread is going to represent my body. Because my body is going to be broken for you. This bread is going to be a representation you see, it was no strange thing to use food elements as a representation as in the Passover meal, that was quite often what was done. They represented the lamb as the, as the sacrifice that God did when the blood was put over the doorpost that freed the Israelites from Egypt. So they used food during that meal as a representation. But this was different because this was bread. And he lifted up the bread and he said, this is going to be my body. Which is going to be broken for you. I thank God that Jesus Christ was willing to be broken. And you just right now in this house just begin to thank God for his body. Just begin to thank God for his brokenness. Just begin to thank God that he was willing to go to the cross for you. That he, that he was willing to die a brutal death. That he was willing to be hung upon that tree. That he was willing to allow his body to be broken and bruised for the, for the salvation of your iniquity. Just begin to thank him right now. Thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him. And he lifted up the bread and he said, take and eat, for this is my body. Let us partake of the bread together. Hallelujah. 
Lord, we thank you for your bread. We thank you, Father God, that you gave yourself for us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that without you, we would be lost. But Lord, today, we are with you. You are with us. And Father God, we thank you so much. The same me of Jesus lifted up the cup. And he said to his disciples, he said, this cup is going to be the symbol of my blood, which is going to be poured out for you. It's going to be the representation of my blood. Can you just right now just begin to thank God for his blood? Come on, all over this house, just begin to thank him. The blood of Jesus Christ has set you free. The blood of Jesus Christ. Can I just say right here, right now, there is power in the blood. Come on. I want to say that again. I want to say that again to you. There is power in the blood. 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 Come on, thank him. Thank him. Thank him for that power. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He lifted up the cup and he said, This is my blood. Now drink in remembrance of me. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you gave yourself for us. Father God, we thank you today for the blood that you poured on Calvary. We thank you, Lord, for that blood that you spilt so that we can be free that we can be healed, that we can be delivered. Father God, we thank you. And when we can do nothing else, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Come on, just begin to thank him, church. Come on, just thank him right now for that salvation. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He thanked God. He thanked God. Thank him in this house. Thank him in this house. He's, he's, he's doing things right now. Come on, just begin to thank him. Just begin to thank him. He's doing things right now. He's changing things right now. This altar is the place of change. This altar is the place of change. He's changing things right now. He's changing things right now. Roshaya hi yo toto shaka 
Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your presence in this house. Lord, right now we thank you for who you are and what you have done and are doing in this house. Now, Lord, I pray, go with each one of us. Be with us during this holiday season. Protect us. Keep us. In your name we pray, amen. amen. And amen. God bless you. Have a great and happy Thanksgiving. I will see you next Sunday again. No Wednesday night church. I want to make sure you know that. No Wednesday night this Wednesday. God bless you. See you next Sunday. Gracias al lacte. Es 100% leche de verdad, sí, lactosa. Y por eso...